You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. And welcome to episode 125 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And we had to listen to so much Justin Bieber for this show that I had to get myself into the right mode. Try and understand the Bieber. Think like the Bieber. So I did a pile of coke, disrespected the Canadian flag, and ended up drunk dialing Selena Gomez. <laughs> did you Did you pee in a mop bucket while you're at it? <laughs> <laughs> did you tussle your hair? <laughs> did you give Usher a hand job? <laughs> Wait, what? What? Right. Usher is responsible for Bieber's career. You know where else you can hear about Usher giving hand jobs? <laughs> uh, no, Joel, why don't you tell us? <laughs> I'm not picking that one up. He's like, my blog. <laughs> uh, and when when you're sick of reading Joel's blog about Usher's hand jobs, you can always navigate your browser to the website for the Musings of a Geek podcast network. He's Got an Instagram. He was just writing about getting uh, getting hand jobs from ushers <laughs> in movie Ooh, theaters, ooh. movie the theaters, opera. and at weddings, wherever he could find them. <laughs> I like your red jacket. <laughs> On the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network, in addition to us, you can find other geek-themed podcasts such as Graphic Novice, The Lucky 10,000, Rather Be Dead, The Vice Podcast, History of Bad Ideas, and of course, everyone's favorite defunct sports show, The Left, the Left Field, Field Sports, sports Lounge. Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Star Trek Aardvarks? Did they stop podcasting? That's not a thing. <laughs> All right, and if you're, uh, you're hanging around on a Saturday at noon, you can find us on Geek Life Radio after Stick Twiddlers, but before the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. I hope neither of those shows ever go away. Just fun to say. Yep. Yeah, and we've never gotten any calls or emails from our uh, Geek Life Radio listeners. I, I, I think we should change that. You guys, don't forget, you can always get a hold of us at 40go14 at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at 40go14 or just uh, drop in on the Facebook page. You can uh, either send us a message on the page or there's a one-click feature to send us a voicemail there. Over their internets. Where you can watch your podcasts. Why do I have a feeling at Gen Con somebody's going to come <clears throat> up cosplaying as an usher? Well, <laughs> you know what that means for you. Yeah. Woot woot. <laughs> uh, speaking of listener feedback, because I'm completely ignoring the usher handjob thing. <laughs> I like your white gloves. <laughs> uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a couple of voicemails. You hold that flashlight real well. My steed is sticky. <laughs> <laughs> what? I will not be ignored! Oh, shit. Okay, yes, yeah, voicemails. Let's do that. All right. The best part of the movie My Girl was Dan Aykroyd and watching Macaulay Culkin get stung to death by bees. I don't disagree. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here's the next one. 
Hey, fuckers. Speaking of uh, former child stars, I don't think this will quite quali- qualify, but uh, I fucked a girl who was on the Bozo show. She uh, she did the whole grand prize game where you had to throw the ping pong balls into the bucket, and she got to the second to the last bucket. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't imagine fucking me is a terrible thing, but uh, I do imagine everything was downhill from there. Not fucking me, but fucking screwing up on the, the Bozo show. The Bozo show. I hope it was years yeah. later. I'm really, I was. that's what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> Miss the last bucket. <laughs> you gotta wait until the show's over. <laughs> well, so the whiz is behind him. Doody doody doo. <laughs> That's why she missed the last bucket. Exactly. He's behind her, humping her. Well, thanks for taking the show to a weird place so early. Did you yeah. say humping her? Yes. Well, right. Usher hand jobs are fine, but humping her is completely unacceptable. Well, if she's doing bozo buckets. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> Just move on. I'm doing bozo buckets. Dude, that's hardcore. Also, how the hell can you guys do a Sylvester Stallone show without a single one of you saying, Ayla. especially when you're talking about Judge Dredd? How, how is that possible? Ayla. Ayla. I thought he was doing Tony Danza there. For I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still he, going? He, wait, he did Tony Danza too? We should do a Tony Danza show. He gets around. Oh. There we go. <laughs> I, I knew it had to still be going. Oh, Angela. So do we have a third? Can't, oh, that was the third. That was that a third? Was third? That was yes. a third. Oh, wow. All right. That's Have another rum ball, Mike. Oh, God. Rum <laughs> ball. It's going to be a long show. <sighs> All right. So anyway, we have an email from Tommy the Duck who says that we forgot something from uh, last week's show. Nope. That's not happening. Nope. Oh, was that the Google Fire phone? It was. No, it was. Uh, it's, he sent us Corey Hart. He wants us to do Corey Hart. Yeah, and that I has think, nothing. Uh, because yeah. he's not a Charlie Feldman. already did Corey Hart. He's. Ah. Ah, he says, I know it's Corey Hart, not Feldman, but it doesn't matter. It does matter. It doesn't matter. Corey Hart's sunglasses at night, dude. And I made a Corey Hart joke during the show, so it was at least referenced. You went I, through half the show not knowing who Corey Hart and Corey Feldman were. No, I. No. <laughs> Well defended there, Pat. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Wait, now there's three different people? (laughs) Which one do I hate? Which ones are there? (laughs) So, yeah, so if you want to... Corey Everson. Add to that shit show. You can call us at 708 669 9727. That's 708-NOW-RAP. Or you can also email us at 40 14 at gmail.com or get us on Twitter at, at 40 14. So, uh, it's about that time. Oh, God, is it ever. <laughs> This week in music, movies, and TV. Well, all right. Here, welcome to this week in the year is 1984 because that's the date. We have, have we haven't even talked about what the show topic is yet, have we? What no. show? It's this. It's the our annual. <laughs> Top 10 show, 1984, show. and now, top 10, Billboard top 10, top 10 yeah, songs. We, yeah, we don't necessarily do one every 365 days, but uh, we're not going to do another one until at least, like, the calendar says 2017. So yeah. since we're doing this one in January, it's probably going to, from here on out, going to have to be legitimately annually. <clears throat> well, the last yeah. one we did was show 87. Yeah, so, so it has been a while. Yeah, so, all right, so 1984, that is the date of this the weekend, and spoiler alert, the number one song in the land is When Doves Cry by Prince. Yeah, I'd react to that, but we're about to. So. Yes. 
So moving yes, on. Yes, that prince, not uh, the one from Nigeria. Uh, he owes me money still. <laughs> so a BBC Radio 1 DJ, Mike Reed, announces on air that he will not play the single Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood because it's of its suggestive lyrics. And BBC then places a total ban on the record. Naturally, within a week, Relax reaches number one in the UK singles <laughs> chart and will spend a total of 42 weeks in the top 40. Wow, if they thought the lyrics were suggestive, they really would not have liked the video. <laughs> no shit. Wow. I don't remember if I've seen the video. That's how you have a hit single in the UK, I guess. Yeah. Oh, dude, if you haven't seen the video, like anyone who has not seen the Frankie Goes to Hollywood uh, <clears throat> relax video, uh, prepare yourself and then watch it. It's an experience. Is it as strange as his when, uh, Two Tribes video? The one that- I would say so. Okay. Yeah. That was the one that had um not Khrushchev, the other one. It's it's almost impossible to watch that video and not have an opinion on it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to do that later then. All right, so movies, Terms of Endearment is the number one movie in the land, knocked off by Silkwood in the following week. Wow, I see a trend there. I have seen neither of those movies. What was Silkwood about? Um, Uh, Some kind of Chernobyl-type accident, I think. Yes, nuclear worms. Oh, wow. Yeah, it had a... How have I never heard of this? Because we did a Kurt Russell show, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of our early ones. Did we somehow not talk about Silkwood? I think that's the one that none of us had seen. Yeah, we just kind of, like, nobody had the initials next to it. So we're like moving right. on. Yeah. Okay. It's a Meryl Streep movie. I know that. Yeah. Both of those are tearjerkers, I think. Yep. Says a lot about the 80s. We were all feeling so good. We needed movies to make us feel bad. Yep. There you go. Reagan. <clears throat> Uh-oh. <laughs> the acronym of the week is released this week. It is BDR. Yeah, that's a balloon dick Roger. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Woody Allen and Mia Farrow. Makes complete sense. <laughs> Roger had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny had a solution. <laughs> And every time he came, he would fly around the room. <laughs> Come on, Joel, do me give us a uh, Woody Allen with a bad case of balloon dick. <laughs> it, it, this hard, this hardly ever happens. It, it hardly, hardly ever happens. Oh, oh my! Just pull on it real hard. That <laughs> was that was Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> Hey, pull on it over here just a little bit. All right, so BDR, of course, is? Uh, Broadway Danny Rose. Ooh, I've not seen that. Me either. I have it on VHS. So uh, at the Golden Globes on January 28th, Terms of Endearment wins all of the awards, even ones that they weren't nominated for. (laughs) For Best Special Effects, Terms of Endearment. (laughs) Wait, there were no special effects. Best Screenplay. Best Original Screenplay. It was just Jack (laughs) Nicholson refused to get off the stage and just kept accepting all the awards. (laughs) Yeah, that's mine, too. And still play as a screenplay what still makes more sense than the martian for best comedy that is, is confusing that, is that a thing that it, that's yeah that yeah. was the golden globes it won uh, like oh. all of the awards for best comedy that's Which kind of ridiculous explains I a lot haven't seen it yet <laughs> is it funny no it's, no i mean there's a couple chuckle scenes yeah, like, yeah you mean, go, <laughs> not not matt, funny it's yeah. matt damon he's got to be adorable yeah oh matt damon <laughs> <laughs> woot, woot. You, do you know the story behind that by the way Th- that wasn't even they had entire lines and everything and a whole thing with matt damon but when they got the puppets they, they all decided that the, the matt damon puppet looked like it had down syndrome so they decided to make him some you know just matt damon <laughs> so yeah uh tv because i don't know where to take that <laughs> There really is nowhere to take it. Yeah, that's, thank you, folks. We're done. Um, the top shows are Dallas, 60 Minutes, Dynasty, and The A-Team, making things weird, classy. Weird lineup nice. there. Yeah. Followed by Terms of Endearment, the TV show. <laughs> Won another Golden Globe. On January 27th, <laughs> Michael Jackson is burned during filming for a Pepsi commercial and is taken to the ER via ambulance. Man, I remember seeing that commercial. Why did you add via ambulance? 
Why because that was just... a big deal. Because I mean, every you know when it happened, like the, the newspaper reporters were all like, you know, filming him being wheeled out and putting the ambulance, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Michael's dead!" Yeah, I mean, huge fireworks malfunction. Yeah, I think That's it was more of a huge hair ma- hair uh, malfunction. Now he's drinking. Well, the explosion burnt, you know, caused his hair to catch on fire. Yeah, you know, it was a combination of the two, and he had a lot of product in his hair for being, you know, filming a commercial and stuff. Well, in the meantime, Richard yeah. Pryor's I like, I feel that. <laughs> That's where he came up with the whole hee-hee thing. Cause. <laughs> Richard Pryor's like, oh, just the top of your head, huh? Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> All right, so uh, Apple Computer unveils its revolutionary Macintosh personal computer on January 24th, making one of the most iconic Super Bowl commercials of all time. Oh, yeah, the 1984 yeah. Apple. Yep. That was, a good, that was a good commercial. Never owned an Apple, though. I did. I'm talking about a computer, Joel. Me too. <laughs> I got a whole bowl of them upstairs. Don't know you don't. Don't you rent them? No. What? Stop bringing these back. So uh, Chris Martin has an apple. Anyway, what? Zara ah, yeah. Zara Layla Cayley was born January 26th. She is a British American TV personality and actress. She used to host the feed segment of G4's Attack of the Show and co-hosted America's Best Dance Crew and had cruel <laughs> parents. Zara, Zara Layla, Layla Cayley. ZLK. Yep. Yeah. Google her. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. I was just about to. Do so I need to put uh, the word sexy afterwards. I don't think you need to. So in sports, Scott Casimir, pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, was born on. January 24th, Andre Iguodala. Iguodala, thank you. Iguodala is born on January 28th. See, I could be nice and and help you out every now and then. Yeah. I mean, I got the Dala part down. I just trying to figure out the Igu. (laughs) That was the important. Yeah. Yeah. That's bucking for a Golden Globe. (laughs) On January 23rd, Hulk Hogan defeats the Iron Sheik to become the WWF champion for the first time. Yay! I remember that fight. Yep. Iron Sheik. We need those old school wrestlers coming back again. Stuff they've, like they've, got, they've still got a good old Russian and all that kind of stuff. They're still doing it. He's got a documentary out there on Netflix, actually. Iron Sheik does. They yeah. have those uh-huh. pop toys. We were at Target, and they've got wrestler pop toys, and they have one for um, Nature Boy. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and they've, they've also got uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and the Kilt. Is oh, that before nice. or after he died? Rowdy? No, Ric Flair. Ric Flair? I don't know, but I'm standing there. I'm Rick looking Flair's at Ric Flair's still alive. Oh, well, then I guess it's That's, before yeah. then. <laughs> so, but I'm looking at it, and Katie comes over, and she's like, why is he wearing a pink fur- furly robe? Because he's Nature Boy. Because it's Ric Flair. That's all you yeah. need to know. I'm like, because he's Na- Nature Boy Ric Flair. And she looks at me and she's like, that's going to be your answer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, why aren't you? Yeah, seriously. That's Where do you think I'm going to go with this? So anyway, Robin, Why is the sky blue? Yeah. Huh? Robson D'Souza, more commonly known as Robin Ho. Mm-hmm. R- Rubino, isn't it? Rubino. Oh, maybe it is Rubino. Rubino. Was born on January 25th, known for his ball control, attacking instinct and dribbling at only 15 years of age. He was personally picked by Pele as his heir apparent and went on to lead Santos FC to their first That's Brazilian a sentence, man. Yeah, some Brazilian <laughs> title since Pele himself played for the uh, club. No, no, Wait. no, no, you back up and you say that. Campeonato Brasileiro. You earlier, you got to do this one. Campeonato Brasileiro. Oh, that's actually not bad. Um, right. Yeah. There was that couple, the pimp couple of... syllables got dropped there, but it was yeah. fine. Yeah. Was that the pimp of Sherwood Forest? So, January 27th, the LA Kings and Wayne Gretzky NHL. Wait, the LA Kings and Wayne Gretzky's NHL record 51 game scoring streak. Only one more sentence, Mike. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, we have like five sports ones. See, the crazy thing is at the beginning, Mike got through the BBC Radio 1 DJ Mike Reed. <laughs> Which I thought was going to be a train wreck because you got a guy whose last name is like a verb and a random one in the middle. And it's just almost a little bit of a tongue twister. Almost. Yeah. 
So on January 23rd, the greatest unpaced one-hour bicycle distance is traveled by F. Moser from Italy. It was A, what is this, a quiz? (laughs) A, 51.15 kilometers, B, 42.1 kilometers, and C, 71.9 kilometers. F. Moser from Italy. I was not expecting a test. That, (laughs) hang on, hang on. 42.1 42.1 kilometers. No, it is a 51. 51. Okay, I wasn't too far off then. I knew it wasn't 71. That's Is this common core? What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? In one hour, the guy went 51 and a half kilometers. I know that for some days, you have an hour and you don't go 50 feet. You're damn right. So uh, what's 51 kilometers in America units? <laughs> That's <laughs> six like hot dogs. 72 miles or something like that? 72 miles in one hour. I think. I don't know. Who's what? looking it up? I'll look it up. Well, I just saw somebody highlight it already. So, well, everyone's cursor is on it now. Yeah. So they're curious because that's that's one hour. That's a long way to go. Yeah, thirty-one miles. Thirty-one point wow. seven miles. I went the wrong way. But yeah, still, you did. <clears throat> he he no, basically not... did a marathon in one hour on a bike. Marathon. Well, that, I mean, yeah, he's going th- you know thirty thirty-five miles an hour. Then, yeah, I mean, that's still hauling. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's one thing to go over thirty miles an hour for a short period of time, but to go thirty miles an hour for an hour. Well, I think the the th- one thing I don't know. How, I mean. I guess I'm the only one that ever did any real like long distance cycling out of us. But to do it on your own and not have like a team breaking the wind for you as you rotate through, that's the hardest part. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, because you can go 30 miles an hour. If you have like a team of, you know, even, you know, two or three people all tight together, you can get some good uh, slipstream going and, you know, really get some speed. But on your own, you're catching all that wind on your own. So it's. Well, I find I go a little faster from breaking my own wind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We need to do a quicksilver show. Uh, all right, so on to the main show. Da, 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 da. Oh, top 10, 1984. Yeah, back when music was music. Oh, no, it's no. not going to be one of these. No, it's not going to be one of these at all. Really, it's not. So um, back then, 1984, we dug up the uh, top 10 songs from it. And very unusual mix. Should we say two? It's a very, very 80s mix. It's oh, incredibly yes. 80s mix. Should we uh, start with, you, you know, just jump in? Yeah, let's start with number one since we've already spoiled it all right ready When Doves Cry by Prince. Great song. Love that song so much. There's very few Prince songs that I don't like. I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Prince fan. But the songs, he's another one of those. The songs of his I don't like, I really don't like. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's a really short list of songs of his that I like more than Purple Rain. And When Doves Cry is probably my favorite. Purple Rain is actually one of my least favorite of his songs. Really? See, I'm going to have to go with Kiss. If you're going to talk Prince songs, Kiss is my favorite. Huh. That's definitely. uh, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that's that's definitely below the uh, uh, purple rain barrier for me. Hmm. I I would have to say either seven or um, I could never take the place of your man. Oh man, seven is also such a great song. Seven is yeah. right up there, probably my second favorite. Alphabet well, City. 
Nah. Sex, sexy yeah. motherfucker. I remember when oh, um, yeah. when Purple Rain came out, I, I bought the cassette and I remember being at my grandma's house for one of our trips up there and listening to it on my Walkman just over and over and over. So good. That whole soundtrack. Yeah, that soundtrack is, is a great, great listen. From from I mean, it doesn't have a weak track, really. Right. And plus, if you're doing a cross-country trip, you can play Purple Rain like twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I mean, we all uh... the movie, however, was goofy as shit. Well, it's exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. Pr- Prince trying to be a tough guy. Now, was this a video with him sitting in the bathtub? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. See, you, what you do is you watch uh, Purple Rain and Cool as Ice back to back. Oh, and then you go into a coma. What the hell? <laughs> it's right. a purple ice night. Whoa, I yeah. purple again. Prince, he's he's weird as all, but yeah, he is a very strange individual. And that was one of the things. Like when I was I was playing this on um, uh, Spotify. And uh, you know, one of the girls was like, "This is Prince." Yeah, you said he was insane, like he is, <laughs> but he's a really good musician. Like they usually go hand in hand. Yeah, he's a musical genius, but he's a little bit off. Yeah, and now recently, he, I mean, it's kind of sad because you see him; he's got like two canes and stuff walking around because his knees are so jacked up from all the you know the dives and the, all the uh, jumping around on stage that he used to do. Purple you know. cane, purple cane. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> you know what's interesting about Prince that I had found out is that he's got his entire house wired. So, like, no matter where he is, when he gets inspired, he can record it. So, even in the bathroom, he's got it set up. So, is that true? Song, yes. So, when he gets a song in his head, when have you been can, to Prince's house? This, you haven't been? What? Have you yeah. never been to his house in Minneapolis? You guys never take me anywhere. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's got his entire house wired so he can always be creating because that's oh. what he does. And if you've seen some of his recent stuff, the dude's still got it, man. Yeah. He's, right. he's amazing. Well, and that's it's the also other in his contract writer that no one is allowed to look him in the eyes. That's an actual fact. Yeah. Yeah. That's me when we're making love. (laughs) That's because you're dressed up as the uh, usher. (laughs) So we got uh, 19 more songs. Let's keep moving here. All right. Yes. Most misunderstood song as a child. What did you I had no idea what that song was about until I was much older. <laughs> That's what you said about Gary Newman's Cars also. That was... <laughs> Before we go too much further on this, I gotta say, it took us two and a half years, but I gotta give Mike credit for uh, queuing these songs up instead of from the beginning, from a good spot. Oh, it took me a while. I had, that's what I was doing last night, making sure yeah, all no, these things are... Solid job. It is noticed, at least by me, and appreciated. No, I, yeah, I've noticed it, too. Cool. Thanks, but Mike. I'll be damned if I was going to give him any kind of props for it. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. But anyway, yes. Who runs Barter Town? No, t- <laughs> Tina Turner, I, I don't like Tina Turner. I'm right there with you. Aww. There are some songs of hers that I don't care for, but like, this is one that, I, I guess if you don't like this, you can't like Tina Turner. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know why. I just don't, she never, I mean, her earlier stuff. I right. can Tina? Yeah, I mean, she was really smacking it down back then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was terrible. I, I can't stand their, you know, I can Tina's version of Proud Mary. I just, I'm I right like, there with you. I'm, I don't like Tina Turner. I just, mm. I can't but. think of a song 
of hers that I like. So, Josh, do you like this song? Oh, yeah. This this is uh, on the list of – I am about 50-50 on Tina Turner's, and this is in the half of her stuff I like. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I confided to you guys before the show that of the 20 songs, there's only one that I don't like. Ooh. Ooh. We haven't hit it yet. All right. I like this song. <clears throat> I, I, I When I – in the 80s, if Tina Turner came out, I'm not turning it off. No. Did you have I any like, of her I, albums? I, I like her videos because she's got great legs. But yeah. You're going to say that. Yeah. Well. Got to be cliche. That's true. Yeah. All right. 1984 – Number three on the charts was a mix of two giants of music. All right, Pat, how say it. Those, how did those two guys turn out this <clears throat> steaming pile of shit? You oh. are wrong. You are wronger than yes, Joel. Oh, this song sucks. What? Yeah. There's oh, something... The video's kind of cringy, but I like the song. Yeah, oh. the video's mm-hmm. terrible, but I mean, how can you not like this? I. It's just so saccharine crap. Like, the lyrics are just so vacuous. I mean, these are two giants of the industry that have written iconic songs, iconic albums, and all they come up with is like some stupid. It's it's saccharine bullshit, and I didn't like it, and I hate it. <laughs> man, you got I don't some know how you issues, do this man. wrong. Seriously, yeah, uh, this song just makes you want to move in your seat or dance or whatever. Like, yeah, you, this is, yeah, this is. I mean, I was just playing it yesterday. I was playing it, just you know, bopping. I had this is one of my had to listen to the entire thing. Yeah, yeah, I hate this song. I just love listening to the both of their voices because each of their voices are so distinct and so recognizable, and just have a, a soft spot in my heart that when I hear it, it just makes me happy. I don't care what the lyrics are in that. I just want to hear them sing together. You just, you I just do were... too, and that's why I wanted them to do a good song. Not, the, I hated the song since the day I heard it. Oh, so I'm time. guessing how high on your list is "The Girl Is Mine"? Then, uh, <laughs> I like it better than this song, "Ebony and Ivory." Uh, yeah, and it's also better than this song. Did you? I don't like... really, I don't really care for any one of those three songs, but this is the one I hate the most. I will give you guys props if you can tell me what the B side of this song was. No idea. Don't, yeah. don't say, That's, don't say, I, don't say. <laughs> something called Ode to a Koala Bear. Huh. Yeah. Oh, all right. So it was better than that. I'm just, I haven't heard it. I'm just guessing. I, I don't Maybe that just wasn't released. Maybe yeah. that's awesome. You, never you know, know, if you play the record backwards, it's yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Next up, Kenny Loggins gets in here. I smell bacon. <laughs> now, I also discovered why when we did the Footloose show, we all thought that that was a song that was playing when he was in the barn, because that is the video. Uh, that makes sense. So we saw the video, and it was all him jumping around the barn. Like, oh, that obviously must have been the song that was playing during that scene. But uh, no, this yeah, is... Yeah, as we discussed <clears throat> on the Footloose show, like, the soundtrack either has total crap or really good songs, and for me, I think this one's really great. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite songs. This is always on... If I'm doing, like, a road trip mix this is on there 
there. Pat? Say what you will about Kenny Loggins. Oh no, the man writes catchy, fun, solid songs. I oh, mean, I thought I can't you were going to say something bad about it. What's that? I thought you were going to say something bad about it. No, I'll, I, I'll be honest. Every song on this list has some sort of special spot for me in my heart from growing up, even the one I hate. But I, I I got nothing wrong with Kenny Loggins. When his songs come on, you just feel good. Yeah, they're fun. End of story, you yeah. know. Pat Loggins and Messina, maybe not. Pat. Yeah. What do you What do you hate about this one? <laughs> no, no, I love Kenny Loggins. This is a great song. I even what? love Loggins and Messina. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm with Loggins and Messina. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the yeah. Loggins and Messina this camp. A, this also. is a fun song. I mean, this is how you write a pop song, people. Listen up, Paul McCartney. <laughs> I don't you could learn something from Kenny Loggins, Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah. why, don't, why don't you check into a guy called Kenny Loggins? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, right so. now, somewhere Paul McCartney is balling his hand into a little fist. <laughs> Isn't he dead? No. No? What? He was just playing music with Nirvana. Well, just well with Kanye, too. Oh, George, George just died. Right. right. George is the one. Ringo that and Paul are the only ones left. Well, got it. Yep. Yep. All George right, died no. like 10 years ago. You know, uh, I have no like time span in my brain. Everything's also the uh, Santa Claus. Exactly. Everything happened yesterday to me. George Harrison. Let's see. He like died 2001. I was way off 15 years ago. I'm like a wow, parakeet. Was it that long ago? Holy see? shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, John Lennon, he died back in the 80s. Shut up. All right. So that on a tweet. here's uh, one for Pat. Oh, God. That's that's great. <laughs> is that a different version or is that the actual yeah. song of the album? This was the, the I got yeah, this is the live version. This was the official video. I pulled all these off as well except for Prince who doesn't want any of his stuff on the on the internet. This is all these were listed as the official videos. Okay. I, I was going to say that sounded different than the Yeah, he he doesn't inflect the <laughs> as much in the, in the other version. <laughs> No, listen. Okay, so despite my immense hatred for Phil Collins, and we shared that earlier before the show, this song, when I was ten years old in '84, it, it, you know, when I was, you know, looking at girls and wanting to, you know, explore that whole thing, and then I'm interested. This song made me sad because it was to a ballad. Dress up as a an usher. It, just, it was one of those songs <laughs> where it made me really sad. And it, now, you know. you'd be wise to guess that this was the song I hated of our twenty, but it's not. It is I hate not. <laughs> it is not. I mean, I I can't bring myself to hate this song. It's just like I, as Patrick would say, I nothing this song. <laughs> it's the music equivalent of Valium. Like I had consumed no emotion. Period. Yeah. No I mean this this just reminds me of like junior high kids awkwardly shuffling slow dance back and forth. Oh yeah, the clock dance. Weird. Yeah. Chaperones walking around with a ruler. Yeah. I mean, shoving a Bible between good, you. But I, I can't bring myself to hate it. Like, if it comes on the radio, I won't change it. I do have to say it does pair up with a great movie. Rachel Ward, Jeff Bridges, and James Wood. Never seen it. Never seen it? Nope. That's oh. a terrible title for a movie. <laughs> Is that against all odds? That is against all odds, yeah. So chance I've got it. Yeah, and I, I think everybody, anybody that has listened to this show before knows that I too do not like Phil Collins. Um I'm not gonna say the guy's not talented. He can he can play a shit ton of music or a shit ton of instruments. He can write a good song. I don't like his voice. I don't like his his de- delivery. I don't I just <laughs> 
<laughs> his his music is just it's just what I call boring rock. It's just boring. It's just it's like Dave Matthews or um fuck who's somebody else similar Sticks. to uh, wow, watch what you're saying. Uh, lady. You know, it's just, I mean it's just um it's just there. It's like 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 Josh said, it's just you know it's perfect you don't music have to have an opinion on it. It's just kinda kinda the, it's I guess music is perfect for the background because it's not gonna distract you too much. Yeah, it's mall music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean it's like music phil collins is the yanni of pop although you gotta give it to him for the drums on in the air tonight oh yeah yeah i mean that's a good song but i mean i would love that song if it was done by i don't know uh kenny loggins no i'm just kidding <laughs> and i i loved that little bit with the drums before we saw mike tyson do it on the hangover yeah and just like i i think that scene in that movie reminded me it's like okay if you're going to like phil collins this is the moment to like it oh yeah yeah, the, um, and, and my sister actually saw him in concert on that No Jacket Required Mike Require Tyson tour. Oh. <laughs> and, and she said the opening, he opened with that, and it was just, it started with just a tiny little spotlight on his face as he was, you know, singing the intro. And then when he started the drums, it just like boom, like lit up the whole stage. And it was, she, that's it was, awesome. Yeah. That's cool. It's my No Jacket Required tour. No, no, no Jacket Required. All right. Speaking of a band that doesn't have any jackets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or hump. I think Uh-oh. I I think that there has never been in the top right. ten of top of pop music ever a more lyrically dumb song than this, and okay. that's saying a lot because like Mary Cross the Mersey was in the top ten too. So. Why don't we do it in the road? Yeah, I mean, there's a, the lyrics in this song are just insanely. There are dumber. I mean, I will I complete like the Chinese food makes me sick song, whatever that fucking song is. Anyway, I may be spoiling the rest of the show, but fuck (laughs) this song and fuck Van Halen for recording it. Yes. Wow. I hate this song so much. I was not expecting this to be the song. I I definitely was. I I had a strong suspicion this might be it. (laughs) Yes, this this is the one. Like there are other in the rest of the show, there are going to be songs I'm kind of neutral on. This is the only one I actively dislike, and I've hated it from the first time I heard it, and I hate it even more now, if that's possible. Even with this those song, sick, sick guitar solos? This song and <sighs> Panama are the two reasons why I refused to give Van Halen a chance until I was in my late 20s. And I listened to some of their other stuff. I'm like, okay, I like that song. I like this song, whatever, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, back then I was like, fuck this band. They're full of retards. Look at, let's look, look at these two stupid fucking songs. The only halfway decent part of this song is ripped off from Hall & Oates. The synth. <laughs> part is directly copied from kiss on my list <laughs> me 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 yeah <laughs> but i mean just like the song is oh oh hey you who said that Wait, what, uh, shut up it's like <laughs> It's so, yeah. like, like, I mean, it, it, the lyrics sound like they were written by a drunk Adam Sandler because it, it's a, you know, it's a, here I am standing against a record machine. I ain't the worst you've seen. Can't you see what I mean? It sounds like a drunk Adam Sandler lyric. Mike, are we alone in this? <laughs> I think you and Amy, you and I may be uh, walking off into the sunset together on this one, Joel. <laughs> Wow. This, this song is... sucks. Oh, yeah. Wow. I didn't realize. I knew we were going to have some opposite opinions. I didn't think it was going to be so polarizing. This is. 
I think part of the reason why I hate it so much is because, like, before this, like, one year before this, the Pointer Sisters recorded their song, Jump. And that's awesome. Oh, that's a shit song, too. <laughs> See, okay. I'm a big fan of the Pointer Sisters' Jump. And I thought it was weird that Van Halen would be covering that. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this shit? <laughs> God, that's awesome. Speaking of bad synthesizers, that's all it's in. Jump. Pointer Sisters. One. All right. Now, of them. Yeah, I'm anyway. curious on this one, too. This next one up. I hold watched. on, hold on. Mike, we, we, know, we have to. We, do we have to defend this? How am I going to defend this now? No, I feel like I feel like I'm talking to my racist uncle at Thanksgiving. That's the. <laughs> I think that Mike's already kind of spelled out, you know, with his Christmas story about getting the album that he likes Van Halen. Oh, yeah. and likes this song. Sure. I liked Van Halen. I thought. I mean, in this one, it isn't. I'm, I'm definitely saying that this is not the most. You know, it's not amazing lyrics. It definitely isn't an <laughs> against all odds caliber lyrics. But it's it's just stupid fun. I mean, it's good driving music. I mean, it's like when Joel and I road trip together, we almost have this album of like guilty pleasure music that we listen to every time we get together. Remember that we drove up to Gen Con to Milwaukee that one time, listen nothing. What did we listen to? All I listen to when I drive is Bolero on loop. What? <laughs> is this an Ravel's Bolero? <laughs> It's a weird choice. Are you high? Yeah! <laughs> okay. Van Halen, Van Hagar, not so much Van Sharon, but I I like, I celebrate their entire catalog. Growing up, Van Halen was like part of the soundtrack to life. So the fact that you hate it is fine. I get it, but I love I will respect your right about. to hate Van Halen. But you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> I, I love this song. It's It makes me happy when it comes on. I like all the old stuff, the new stuff, all the Hagar stuff. It's strange for us to be on the opposite sides on this. I like yeah, it. go I'm figure. Fan. And I bought David Lee Ross solo stuff, too. And I like that also. I did, too, and I was very upset. Skyscraper was great. It, it, it Well, it came to me in the Columbia House Radio Club, and I never returned it. And his, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Eat Him and Smile? Yep. Another great record. That's the one where he did the... Uh, in Paradise? The Louis uh, Prima cover. I yeah. like David Lee Roth. I like I like Van Halen. I like Van Hagar. End of story. Well, I appreciate them more now than I did back then, but I still hate this song. Now I'm with Pat. All right. So now the next song, I wanted to catch the awesome beginning on this song, but then I realized shortly into it that the awesome beginning is like 18 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and I was recording it and after a while, after like the third minute, I'm like, this is a damn long intro. So <laughs> here we go. Did we skip one? Uh, yeah, we skipped the song. Yeah. Oh, we did. Sorry. Might wanna, might, might wanna... That is definitely not Lionel Richie. Fix yeah. that in post. Yeah, we'll put the we'll fix. <laughs> Will I? No, I won't. Fuck it. We're going back. <laughs> Fuck all it. right. We'll do a live. Yeah, we're rolling with it. <laughs> this one's all for Pat. I sometimes see you pass outside my door. Hello. All right, now, I've heard Pat rant about this. I think Pat doesn't like the video. I think it's the video you have issues with. No, I, I, I don't like everything about this song. The video is just part of it. Because? Because I don't like Lionel Richie. What did he ever because... do to you? 
um, because his music sucks. I mean, he's it's another <laughs> it's another case of just he's a he's a nothing artist. I mean, he's like he's it's funny to call the, a guy who was in the Commodores vanilla, but he really is on in his. I mean, he is one of the epitome, one of the classic cases of my theory about anyone that was good in the seventies was awful in the eighties because Lionel Richie did nothing but adopt the bubblegum pop music of the eighties mentality and pretty much destroyed his legacy. I mean, he was he was in the Commodores, which was a great fucking group, and he got a little too fucking full of himself. And don't leave a goddamn successful group if you're gonna suck, Peter Cetera. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Peter Cetera takes a shot. <laughs> He's sitting at home by himself. He's like, "What? What did I do?" So you, you you're even going to say that even though um, one of your favorite yeah. comedians was in a video of his, Rodney Dangerfield was in Dancing on the Ceiling. Yes, but Rodney Dangerfield was so happy to be popular and rich that he did everything. Yeah, uh, you got me there. <laughs> I mean, I love this song, but I can't say Patrick is wrong to hate it. That's just, <clears throat> I mean, I get hating this song. It's just written to be so deep, and it's just not. It's just, it's, it's again, vanilla. It's just, I don't it's know, like, there's no like substance to this song. seventh grade poetry. Pretty much, yeah. Like, if you open up any, you know, emo kid's journal, you're going to find the equivalent type of writing. <laughs> Dude, you just wrote the lyrics to Hello by Lionel Richie. What up? <laughs> I mean, I know, that's I all know. I can it's, write, man. It, it is a saccharine love song, but it is one of these love songs that, like, it's not going to be up to some of the great 80s. Like, you could compare it to the love songs of, like, Stevie Wonder of the age, and yeah, it's going to fall short. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't, the melody's good. Uh, Got some amazing, like, Tinkle synth. I'm just telling you, I would like this song a lot more if Kenny Loggins did it. Hello, hello, I don't know. If it's not dancing on the ceiling, I'm not interested. I, God, I, that song is awful. I respect Lionel Richie. Wait, why would you drag that out? In, in, I respect you, Lionel Richie, but I don't care for this song. Even though, it, again, it has a soft spot in my heart, just like Against All Odds does, because of the time and where I was at, and you know, it was on the radio, so it's all I could really listen to. And I think I own the cassette, actually. But yeah. yeah. And as I said to you guys before the show, like this would be a song I'm neutral on, except that uh, when uh, we were do- when um, uh, I was doing improv and Mike joined us for a season. I was with this troop for years and occasionally just in the middle of a break or whatever, uh, James, good friend of mine and our piano player would just start playing this and I'd just start singing it and just, I've got that memory and that, that has taken me from, yeah, this song's okay to really loving it. So, all right. So now onto the song that has the awesome beginning that I didn't record <laughs> because it's a, a million years long. So, yes. All right. It's like, it's like a, uh, All right, I love that song. That is a why no one's agreeing with me on this one. There's all this hatred. I like it. I love yes. that song. Yes, I, like I love. It. I I, though I do yeah, have yeah. to say, I like the music better than I like the lyrics. Yes, especially I mean, the, the lyrics don't make a whole lot of sense. I yes. mean, they just don't. There's. I, mean, I saw John uh, John Davison, the lead singer of Yes, uh, in yes. the later years of Yes. Yes, in concert by himself, and it was a good concert. I mean, he's got an interesting voice, and he's very musically talented. This is just a you know a, a kind of a staple prog rock song. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, all I remember about this is the video, and then whenever it would come on the radio, I I'd be like, oh, cool, you know, very video. It's kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, just a very, very like, uh, well, almost uh, the prisoner type vibe from that video. Just... Why about you and the prisoner? Everything goes back to the prisoner with you. I'm going to, yeah. we do that show, I'm going to reference the prisoner as much as I can. See. Could we do a show about Silkwood? He's like, man, this reminds me of the prisoner. <laughs> This has nothing to do with the prisoner. Yes, it does. So I, you know what? Honestly, I was thinking about why I like this song, and '84 was just when I started getting into new wave. So that's I think was the, the what of my yeah. This is a definitely good gateway song to new wave. Yeah, I think like shortly after this, I was picking up on a lot, you know, a more in excess, more into you know, getting Double into 42. the yeah into that. So I think I, you know, I remember listening to this like, wow, that's pretty cool. And these guys kind of sound like that, and then you know, I was Pish down the, mood. skipping down that road. Yeah, I mean, the song comes on, you're kind of bopping along to it. Like, yeah, this, yes. this isn't one that like I would seek out, but it's another one that I'm happy to hear when it comes on the radio. Yeah, I do yes. not change the channel when this comes on, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. All right. And it always makes me think of the scene in the breakup with, um. oh, what the hell is his name? I can't, oh, I just went blank. Rob um, Thomas. No? Hmm? Sugar Ray. No, uh, no, no. I thought you were asking. No. Well, what? whatever. Stevie yeah. I can't remember the actor's name, but he does a hysterical acapella version of this with his, uh, with his acapella group. It's pretty funny. Justin uh, Bateman? I thought Jason you didn't Bateman. like acapella. Hello, music. Master baby. It's in the movie. Oh. Yes. All right. Speaking of movies. Can somebody yeah. mute Joel? There's <laughs> <laughs> something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Okay, and as much as I love this song, if you want to talk about inane lyrics... John Michael Higgins! Sorry, it just came to me. <laughs> yes. John well, Michael Higgins. If you had asked me in 1984, when I was eight, which what my favorite song was, it would have been this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, he was, the movie. The, the movie was amazingly great. And this, this, song, this song is just so cheesy. It's a commercial for the movie, and it, I didn't know any better. Yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those songs that tells a story... You know, they they rented a house and they put up the stuff. It's one of those where they it tells the entire story of the movie in the song. Um, one thing that I did find interesting in this one is the background singers is Ray Parker Jr.'s girlfriend and her friends that just happened to be in the studio. And he's like, "We need some backup singers here. Can we get it here and sing with us?" Okay, but who can who can tell me here that when this song comes on, it provided you listen to it that you don't sing along? You have to. There's only like twelve words. Exactly. <laughs> and whenever somebody in, in anywhere, anytime, anywhere, when somebody goes, "Who are you going to call?" Ghostbusters. You always respond. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely a great joke. It's just not a great song. It's it's no. fun. It's like I said, it tells the story of the movie and it ties in with the movie. And it's just, uh, how can you not like this song? No, I think it's a terrible song, but it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty yeah. much it. Now, what blew me away is when I was recording it and watching it, I sent this to you guys, all the people that were in this video, like Al Franken. Oh, yeah. Chevy Chase, John Candy, Melissa Gilbert, Jeffrey Tambor, George Went, Al Franken, Carly Simon, Peter Falk, Terry Garr, Danny DeVito. Yeah. Ray Parker Jr., <laughs> I think girlfriend. Peter Falk is the one that threw me on that because I'm like, oh, George Went, yeah, he was popular. Then Peter Falk, where the hell did he come from? It's like, hey, Peter, I, I was investigating the case, and I, I had like, Ghostbusters. Just one more thing. So, but no, great song. Now, I love it, Patrick. Yeah. We know you were waiting for this. Yeah. Like 
Maybe if your colors sucks. were like his dream, Pat. Maybe you'd <laughs> that be song better. sucks. I never liked that song. It's just another one that I didn't care for. I mean, I didn't really care for. I love that song. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, I love uh, that song. I'm with Mike on this. This is. I love it too. If you can, if you can disconnect, actually thinking of Boy George while the song is going on, it's even better. But I he, mean, it should be a fun song, but I just, I don't know something about it. I just don't like. It's. Now, I have no problem with Boy George, at least until you get to like his more recent history and his legal trouble. That's what I'm talking about. The bald, scary, like Uncle Fester yeah. looking boy, boy George. Yeah. Yeah, but at the time, like signature look you've got the fingerless gloves the long colorful braids the black derby yeah the, the is makeup that- <laughs> why did they call him girl george yes what movie boy meets world anyways oh, it's commando come on it's when he's sitting there with- it's always uh, commando. we've been over this i have <laughs> never seen commando i think they had a scene from the prisoner in the video yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, as the video is is this weird like like uh uh mississippi steamboat dress but it's like yes. duran duran is in there too like, are you gonna try to tell me that like in the 1800s mississippi on the riverboat they're not gonna have a problem with boy george at all they're just like oh let's go with this freak on Look the river pretty girl ask her to the dance <laughs> <laughs> we gotta pay her for some money because she's got no fingers on her gloves <laughs> young lady are you shoveling coal in the back I do declare. Is that a euphemism for something? What is? She's got fingerless gloves. Uh, She's an usher. Okay, he's an usher. (laughs) Culture club. I don't know where this went. Was awesome. I'm. They write. They were great pop songs that make you want to just kind of move. It's got better lyrics than Jump. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And 99% less David Lee Roth, which is... It's not, not necessarily a, a bad thing. Where is... Wait, where is the 1%? In his hat? <laughs> In Boy George's hat. Where the tips yes. of his fingers went. Yes. <laughs> no, it's it's a fun song. I think musically the band was good. Vocally, he's got a good voice. I mean, the lyrics are not amazing, but they're better than most. And it's catchy. Yeah. It's got harmonica, which was a big thing at that point. Yeah, back in the Steamboat Willie days. <laughs> Somebody playing Space Quest? Oh, no. They're just just watching Northern Exposure. (laughs) All right, so we about Uh, covered 84 on this? Yeah, that was our top 10 for 1984. Yeah, and I think at the end of the show, we're going to roll out with our number one songs on on each of these uh, decades was. Mine will not be Jump. And our favorite overall? Yeah. Favorite from each of the years and favorite overall. I know what Josh's isn't going to be. Yes. All right. right. Back in a bit. Woot woot. Everybody, we are back and back with the uh, 2015 top Billboard top 10. 15? Uh, 15? 16. God damn it, I lost a year. <laughs> Just like in the prisoner. 
So we took a snapshot of what the top ten songs were last week when we ended the recording of the show. Because these things can change by day just to put us all on the same page. Yeah. And we noticed that it's 30% Bieber. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah damn it. Well. We got Bieber fever. No, no. Don't, oh, don't sorry. be making any. <laughs> I took some antibiotics. All right. So the first one, the first Justin Bieber and first song on this list, Sorry by Bieber. Well, you can tell that Mike doesn't like that song. He only gave it like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will. I will confess. Bieber's songs on this are only fifteen seconds compared to the thirty seconds of all the other ones that we have. Wow. Well, the thing is, is like there are four songs that are hit singles off of his newest album, and I listen to a pop station every morning. And I had heard some of these songs without knowing who recorded them. And I thought they could have been any number of guys with highish voices that do kind of bubblegum pop, whether it was uh, Shawn Mendes or whether it was The Weeknd or whatever. Or one and of the Jonas people. Brothers. Sure. And I, I kind of liked the songs. And I, when I found out they were Bieber, I was like, oh, that's Justin Bieber, huh? Well, I'm not just going to decide retroactively that the song sucks. I agree with that. I, think I it's heard totally the song pop- before I knew it was him. Yeah. And it's possible to hate him as a person and think that his music's gotten better over the years. And that's kind of where I am right now. I agree with that, but not with this song. I I guess it may be the all oh, thing that really gets to me. <laughs> that for some reason that's like chewing tinfoil to me. Uh, and I, I know this is on the top of the charts right now, but I'm really having a hard time gathering why. Um. I wrote my notes in reverse order because I thought we were doing 10 to 1. So I'm trying to alter my, my thoughts on this so it makes, makes sense because some of it is a running joke. But um, <laughs> the, my, my biggest problem with the three Justin Bieber songs on this is that he just doesn't – it doesn't sound like he believes what he's singing. Um, it just – it's like song Do by Do you committee. think Ray Parker Jr. believed what he was singing? <laughs> no, that's not the point. I when you're singing a song – would have called them if he was in trouble, yes. No, but what I'm saying is when, when you write a song and, and you're the one who wrote it and are singing it, then it comes from a, a slightly different place when it comes out than if you're writing a song that, or singing nobody, a song somebody else wrote. Nobody is doubting Taylor Swift when she sings about things that matter to her. Or even when we're talking about Adele later on, you know, even if she didn't write it, which I think she did, it, it comes from a more real place. And and for me with him, it just seems like he's doing it because he's Bieber. Well, and it sounds like a song you listen to while you're trying on pants. There's an... There's a, <laughs> There's an overriding theme in all three of Justin Bieber's songs in this top ten, and it pretty much is that Justin Bieber is a shit boyfriend. And he's sorry. Um, Because, I mean, in this song, I mean, one of the things I don't like about this song is, like, is it too late now to say sorry because I'm missing more than your body? And you know who says that kind of shit? Guys who are only in it for the fucking sex. They only want to date a hot girl. They don't give a fuck about your emotions. For a split second there, I was going to say you. No. (laughs) I mean, mean, if that's the way you're thinking, you know, it's like, okay, here's an example. Um, You three guys being married, gentlemen, if you had at any point an argument with your wife, did you have to make it explicitly clear that you were missing her for more than just sex? Or is it kind of understood because you have an adult relationship? That's a fair point. Yeah, because I mean, the guy who has to say that is the kind of asshole who you know has to you know he's trying to prove that I want you more for for more than just sex. When no, that's not true. He's lying. All he well, wants I, sex. I, I think my perspective on it is that. 
there is an element where he realizes what a little shit and a little little like colossal fuck up he was <laughs> in between the YouTube cute kid days and now. I mean, he was a punk, and yeah. I do think there's a part of him that realizes that and wants to make amends. But he's never had to act like a human person, so he doesn't really know how. Which is probably why you're getting some of that feeling that this is disingenuous, that it's just to further his career because he's realized it's unsustainable to be a punk forever well and i think going with what joel says about how he you have you have someone who believes what they're what they're singing because they've written the song it came from somewhere even uh hello came from somewhere from uh uh from him this is written literally by committee there were five people involved in writing this song justin bieber julian michaels justin trainter sonny moore skrillex and michael tucker and justin trainer is actually he's from lake zurich <laughs> Just kind of scary, but and so see. But I mean, this is this is a group of people writing this song together and all coming up with their ideas. This is a com- this is a committee song. That's why Joel feels that way when he's singing this. Is that all of his songs were written to be as catchy as possible, as to be as poppy as possible, and to sell more mo- sell more songs. And in defense of that style, if you look at the songs of Motown, eighty percent of them, ninety percent maybe, were written by other people. But you still believe what they were saying. The the other problem or the other interesting thing here that I noticed and would have been more interesting if we did them in the other order is that this is the only really upbeat song in the entire thing. And it's really not that upbeat. (laughs) (laughs) But musically speaking, it is probably the most upbeat song out of this other than maybe the 21 Pilots song. But that one is kind of the anomaly of the bunch. And I, I will have, having said what I said, I will say that I, I don't dislike this song. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Pat on this. I don't love it, but I like it. Like yeah. it comes on, and it's like okay, this is this is sorry. Well, I'll, I'll listen to it, I'll enjoy it, but I won't seek it out, put it on my iPad or whatever. Not and, gonna and hunt just, this down. Justin Bieber is one of those people that if you know a song is is by him, it will affect how you feel about it for good or for bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having heard this song without knowing who it was, maybe that is why we don't actually hate it. Yeah. I, I kind of believe that I would feel uh, similar to uh, the way you and uh, Joel do, Mike, if I had known it was Bieber when I first heard it. And I would have an articulate argument supporting that. But Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was Bieber. I, I mean, I had, I mean, the, the girls put on the station were driving in the car. I don't care what they're put on. I didn't know it was Bieber. I just... I just don't like the music mm. that, like I said, that, I mean, it's not, I don't like it not because of it's written and sung by Bieber. I don't like it because I don't just don't like the way the song is written and don't like this way this, the music goes. I mean, it's just for me, it's a it's, very calculated song. Yeah. It's yeah. very, it's very, uh, uh, like I said, it's, it's uh, a formula. So and I'll yeah. give anything a shot. I don't care who, who sung a song. If it's a good pop song, it's a good pop song. And I'll that's be fair. fair. I'll be fair. Yeah, about that's that. usually your attitude on it. And, you know, like Rebecca Black, when everybody was hating on that, I defended it because it's, it's a good pop song. Lyrically, yeah, it's not smart. It's not the greatest song on the planet, but it's fun. It's upbeat and it's it's enjoyable. This just kind of felt like most of the other songs on this entire list. They're all very minimalistic, simple, straightforward, not a lot to it. There's just not a lot of meat to it. It's just kind of there. I don't know. All right. So because of Crossover, this second song is still, even though it's second on our countdown, it is considered the biggest song on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first song to a billion views on YouTube. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. It, it went faster to a billion than any other song, and it wasn't even close. Faster than Gangnam Style? Oh, yes. <laughs> 
Uh, Gangnam Style, you, you laughed, but Gangnam Style was number two. Oh, no. I know. Gangnam Style was when, was stupid amount of hits. All right, ready? <laughs> That's enormously a pop popular. Okay. Hello. Hi. It's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over. <laughs> Did that get you there, Pat? That did. <laughs> Are you sad, Pat? Are you crying? Oh, God, that was good, Joel. <laughs> Sorry. So, okay, well, oh, go ahead. I mean, this this hits the Adele, like, playbook. It's a soulful song. It takes advantage of her smoky voice. It's a slower, kind of, like, mournful over the relationship she lost. This, this is a song that has, like, affected people. You've got women in their 20s calling their exes over this song. It's a, another, you know, empowering woman. You know, I'm a strong woman. Like Adele is you known are? for singing. I am. Can be you because of money. Adele. Yeah. Well, <laughs> first of all, where's Taylor Swift? I miss her on this list. Okay. Um, she's got legitimate skills. She's got legitimate talent. She deserves all the accolades she's got getting, in my opinion. Not my favorite track that I've heard of hers. It's another downbeat track. But I, I kind of had the same point in my notes here that um, I was imagining thousands of teenagers crying in their bedroom over the song when I heard. <laughs> It. it just had that feeling to it. But she's a talented lady. I can't argue with that. And it's a decent song. Yeah, I mean, she is talented and all that stuff. But I personally, I'm, I'm, I don't think she's that much better than a lot of the other artists that are out right now. I mean, she's she's good. She's not going to be like in my top ten of all time ever. I don't like Adele. <laughs> you, you said like it like the farmer in the Adele. <laughs> What's that? You said you like that the farmer put a bandaid off. I don't Adele. like Adele. <laughs> yeah, pretty much straight up. Don't like Adele. The end. <laughs> Why? I just part of it is the there was there was a whole thing a little while ago about her going on about how um, the whole body image thing, mm-hmm. and in the same breath, you know, she's don't you body image me, and then flip the coin a week later, and she's ripping on. Uh, I think it was on Taylor Swift. I'm on her. She's just too thin. You know, it's I. I mean, I. I don't. I you can't have it both ways. You can't. Can't have it people, both they ways. They can't call you fat, but you can call people too thin. Yeah, you can't. Mm. You can't rip on somebody else and then tell I mean, people that you're you can't be touched. No, I'm just, I'm just trying to verbalize what you're trying to say. No, yeah. no, that's exactly it. And I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the real women look like this and body shaming uh, slender women thing. But I, I will cut somebody a little bit of slack. I'm not going to pretend that there is the same level of scrutiny and the same level of shame for a skinny girl as there is for a fat girl. So I, I'd probably cut her some slack on that issue. Now, but it's, I mean, it's not even it doesn't matter what issue it is to me. It's, you know, you can't. You can't say this rule applies for me, but doesn't apply for somebody else, no matter what you're talking about. Well, it depends on how much someone is likely to have been made fun of. Like the, I think that you do have to grade on the curve when it's like, oh, well, you're going to make fun of me of this. It's called false equivalency. It's like these two things look the same, but they're not. You don't have a bunch of girls like sending somebody in an in an outcast state because they're a little slender. Now, I'm not talking. Talking like looks like they're in a concentration camp, slender. I'm talking like Taylor Swift, skinny. Uh, fat girls definitely have it worse than anyone who looks like Taylor Swift. And I would, I, I give them. I'm not saying it's right to make fun of someone who's slender, but I'm not going to pretend it's the same. I was muted. I just realized I, I don't know about that. <laughs> 
because he's been vehemently arguing against you this whole time. <laughs> well, no, but think about it. I mean, in coming from somebody who, I mean, you've got a girl who's almost six feet tall that's skinny and probably was pretty awkward in high school. So I have a feeling she was possibly picked on as much as somebody like Adele or who maybe was larger. I don't think that's a fair argument. I think it's just as easy or just as... as so your statement is that skinny <clears throat> girls have it just as difficult as fat that's, girls? That's not how Some, he described it. He described six-foot-tall skinny. It, it leans more towards the awkward well, sure. and gangly. I, and there's definitely... There are <clears throat> going to be edge cases. I'm just saying, in general, there there is a little bit of a difference there. But in this particular case, it's actually helped her because if Adele weighed 150 pounds, she probably wouldn't be as popular because <laughs> that has been one of the defining things that, that launched her career. Yeah. Like, despite you know being overweight, she is a phenomenon, and like a lot of women really grabbed onto that. And it's shitty for her to take a shot at anybody for their body image. Yeah, I, my my point is that I don't think they're equivalent. I think in theory they're equi- they're equivalent, but in practical reality they're not. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it is nice to say like you know everybody should always be equal, period, no matter what. But I mean, in I reality, it does not work. No. That. That's the way I think. Right. I think theoretically equal, then... we all should be equal, but I mean, reality can't be that. So, no, and I yeah. realize you know it's it's not going to be that way. But I think in the situation where if you're going to call somebody out for doing X, you know, and then you turn around and do X, depending on, not depending on what the whole situation is, then shut up. You know, that's yeah. that's just my take on it. So I can see both your points. Life would be boring if you were all the same. You know what this okay. conversation needs? More Bieber. Music. Okay. <clears throat> More Bieber. More Bieber. He settles all arguments. Yes, he does. Cause if you like the way you look that much, oh baby, you should go and love yourself. And if you think that I'm still holding All right. I regret giving it less time than it did than I did because I like that song because honestly I may take it on the chin for this one. I think it's a really clever <laughs> get that usher. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yes, it. I think it's a clever way of some writing a song and telling somebody to go screw themselves. Yeah, and the. Uh, I know we're not evaluating the videos, but I had not seen the video for this where I had previously seen the one for Sorry and for What Do You Mean. Mm-hmm. And the video for this is really cool. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the couple doing the dancing and everything. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't into it when they first started in the bed. I was like, oh, this looks kind of hokey. But by the end of the video, I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll when they got to the refrigerator cool. scene when they were like doing the around the door and that sort of. I'm like, yeah, yeah. God yeah. bless it. I don't want to think this is cool. Cool. And yeah, there are I, I was in real it. life. I, I looked them up and watched some of their other dance videos. It's got to be almost impossible uh, to get anywhere with those two if they're always doing that. I, when I was watching Guys, this, we just want to go to the store. Can we just walk? <laughs> <laughs> Love yourself. When I was watching it, again, a minimalist track, not a lot going on. I'm like, man, this song feels like it's, it just never starts. Like it just it continually just, it, I mean, it, the song starts, but it never goes anywhere. It just stays at the like same the song tone. doesn't end. The same level. And then all of a sudden, poof, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass busts in. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is that? And then I'm like, oh. I thought it was Chuck Mangione. I, I just, it just is, it wasn't, again, maybe the lyrics were there and Chuck I wasn't Mangione. paying attention, but it just, it felt like a throwaway to me again. It just is. It's bubblegum pop. Like, it's okay. Like, I like this song, but I don't love it. Yeah, I'm actually the same. All right. All right. <laughs> I guess that's, yep. that's where we're finishing that one. So. I mean, I will, I mean, I've, I've moved Bieber up from hating him to, I mean, I could tolerate his music. Yeah. So yeah. And we've already talked about Bieber once. I didn't expect we'd spend a whole right. lot of time on this. Yeah. Yes. Right. So now we are up to number four. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time. 
want to talk about cool videos. This was a cool video. You know what I thought about when I heard this the first time? I was I thought of um, flowbots. Yes, handlebars. That's what popped into my head was the flowbots. I have been a little stressed out waiting for us to talk about this. Uh-oh. This is the song. I wanted to see what how you guys felt about it. Uh, my my take on it is the more I hear this song, the less I like it. Whoa. I liked it when I first heard it, and this is like the probably the eighth time I've heard it, just that little snippet right there, and it's really just starting to grate on me. Um, for me, from the beginning, as soon as he as he spit the first words out of his mouth, I was already in, interested. The chorus, to me, loses it a little bit. I think the lyrics are actually have something interesting to say that hits me personally. The kid's got skills. It's a nice mix of different styles. It just needs to me, it felt like it needed a little bit more of a punch to it somewhere. But I have a feeling if I listen to the rest of the album, I'd probably dig it. You should listen to the rest of their stuff. But let's hear from Mike because I got stuff to say about this. Well, you knew I'd like it, I think. I liked it. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I was mean, afraid I, this was going to be uh, the last time we did this. Uh, I, I was an unabashed uh, fan of one of the bands uh, and I was like alone in it. It was like uh uh, I think it was Republic? no, it was the the British band something monkeys, frozen monkeys, Arctic, yeah, monkeys. Arctic, Arctic monkeys, Arctic monkeys, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, these guys are awesome, and you guys are like, eh, kind of sucked. <laughs> so I was afraid, I was afraid that was going to be this moment in this show because ever since I heard Twenty One Pilots car radio i've been a fan like uh, the and i could understand like on a first listen a lot of people not liking it because of his voice is a little grating which i thought was cool and stressed out because he even talks about that he wishes his voice sounded better and all of his rhymes have this cool little like there's these double entendres and if you're listening close uh there are puns worked in there Uh, And it's the case in all of their songs. I wish I didn't always have to come up with a rhyme when I write the song. You know, yeah, every time I sing. Yeah, and out of uh, student loans and treehouse homes, we all would take the ladder. Yeah. And, and lyrically, yeah, I mean, it, I like the song, but I just, I don't know. I think it's his. I think it is his voice, but I could see that it, it's more of his delivery than, than like his singing style than his voice necessarily. Because I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like the. I, like Joel said, I think it, the song kind of drops on the chorus. It, well, it and a punch. I think the the chorus is the, what makes this more approachable than some of his other stuff. Because their first big hit was Car Radio, and it's almost all rap. And I mean, it's this rap about this guy that can't handle it he's sitting in his car in silence alone with his thoughts and like he just wants to play pop music so he doesn't have to think about life well and if you go back i mean it, it traces back to like mc 900 for jesus or some of the other kind of white hip-hoppy artists from the 90s and it's it's got a good lineage and i i think i like i mean like i said i i liked it from the minute it started yeah of all of the now artists this uh 21 pilots like if someone gave me tickets to one of their concerts absolutely i'm going I think I gotta I gotta follow you on this one. I think this is this is when I started listening was probably near the top for the ones that I liked. Now awkward <laughs> on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta call her back. <laughs> I don't believe. I don't believe it. You left in peace. All right. I, I, I don't know why, but I like this song. 
Yeah, it's sort of it's barely got more words than Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's just so repetitive. And when it should be taken off, it just slows back down again. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, and it's just it's it's like an awkward song, but it's just I like it. I, okay, now see, I'm awkward on this for a different reason on this one because Selena Gomez has been a favorite of my daughter's from when she started in TV shows back at what she was She's doing. your daughter's uh, um, Miley Cyrus, so let's hope she doesn't go through the same kind of well, personality. They, <laughs> they watched every episode of uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. You know, They were big into the, the Harry Potter and the Wizards of Waverly Place thing, so I've basically been watching this kid go from being the little girl on this show to now watching this video, and I'm kind of like, this makes me feel dirty. I, <laughs> yes. feel, like a, I feel like a dirty old man watching Watching this video, yeah. I mean, the song again. One of those things where it's like, I think if I didn't know it was her, I'd be like, ah, oh, this is pretty cool. Now I'm like, this is Selena Gomez. I feel like I'm looking at my next door neighbor's kid. It's weird. <laughs> oh, all right, Humbert Humphreys or whatever. Uh, what Humbert? Never mind. Nabokov. Anyway, uh, for me, I was kind of surprised because I've never heard her actually sing. So her voice was a bit like smokier and rarer than I thought. But again, another song that sounds like it's unfinished, overly simple. I'm not quite sure why it's number five on the list and. It, it's it's another it's a song that kind of belongs in like a I don't know like a car commercial like you're driving a Lincoln and it's playing while she's pulling <laughs> her head up and down or something I don't know I, I, I just feel like all these songs are like somebody sat down and they're like dun 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 okay there's a song okay next one do 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 you know and it's just like that's all there is and they throw in a beat or a, a drum and then maybe like a, how do, yeah I don't think that second song has been made outside of like the 1930s uh, cartoons <laughs> but the point is is that it just feels like somebody sitting there and they're, they're coming up with a you know a, a line and then they're repeating it and that's the song and then they move on to the next one. It just feels like there needs to be a little more to it. I guess I don't know. I don't know, exactly. man. I, I think uh, bubblegum pop is bubblegum pop. I mean, I, I, if if we're gonna give Ghostbusters a pass, I'm gonna write the same check out to Selena Gomez. Uh, there's not much going on, but that's okay because I like the way it sounds. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way it sounds, unless I have to, you know, unless I'm like, oh, oh, wow, this is really cool. Song. Oh, man, it's that girl again. Urgh, weird. I got issues. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like even like Bubblegum Pop to me. Bubblegum Pop seems like it should have a pop element. This is a... This is this is a, a dance hit. I mean, this was made to be played in the clubs, and, and made. This was a, a song that was made to be, to be remixed. remixed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Skrillex. There's got. I mean, I guarantee you, in a month, there's going to be twenty different remix versions of this playing all the nightclubs. Now look at what you did. You set them off. <laughs> that is not Skrillex. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> that was the fat voice. That was the fat voice too. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is the place. Alisa Kara, saying the name Alicia, right? Alicia, I think Alicia. Alicia Kara. Rather be at home all by myself, not in this room with people who don't even care about my well-being. I don't dance, don't ask. I don't need a boyfriend, so you can't go back. Please enjoy your party. I'll be here somewhere in the corner, under clouds of marijuana, with this boy who's hollering. I can hardly hear. Well, if you're going to rip off somebody, Portishead is a good person to rip off. <laughs> That's funny. I had that in my notes here. I said, again, once with all the downbeat tempo music, it reminded me of a shade of Fiona Apple meets Portishead meets Amy Winehouse. No, no. That background violin is straight up from uh, Glory it's Box. A, it's a sample. Um, yeah. 
I had never heard this. This is like Same. one of the only songs I had never heard, and I really, really like it. Oh, I agree. Let me let me let me append that. I do like it, but I think it's because I mean I like I like that style of singing. I like that kind of like the uh, almost smoky thirties uh, uh, bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speakeasy. I mean, I, mean, I like super Portishead. soulful. That's why I like, like this. This is this is a girl at nineteen who definitely like hearing the pain in her voice. Uh, I. I I just am very, very impressed immediately. She's got an old soul. Yeah. That's this is the kind of thing I'm talking about, where you take a song, even if she didn't write it, which I don't know, she you can feel what she's singing. And to me, this is the perfect song to go to a like a bar that's kind of dimly lit, not a lot of people there, smoke drinks and just kinda chilling. You know, it's that perfect song for the background. We're just kind of hanging out. Oh yeah, this is you know what this, this is? is rainy day music. Well, there, there you go. There's I'm a radio sh- station here in Houston. Houston has a dearth of good radio stations. <laughs> dearth. <and>, yes. <laughs> and um, someone got Wayne. a new Party calendar for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, yes. um, I can't wait to hear what tomorrow's word is going to be. The stations that I had on there was just like really. Uh, yes. I don't know. Really, really. Uh, I don't know how to just say it. Like just a, like an urban like a hardcore urban rap and my niece was like you know, when she was scrolling through my presets she's like what do you have this station for I was like I don't know there's not enough stations to fill up 12 in this town so I just put that one in there you never know when I'm going to hear something I like and she's like you're never going to find a song on this station you like and, <laughs> and then one day I happened upon this song and I was like holy shit I really like this song and so I had to give her a bunch of shit I'm like I finally found a song on that station I like so this song is playing on every station now yeah yeah somehow it's not playing on the pop station that I listen to my more show and it's not playing on the alternative station which really? yeah I, I don't know how I missed it considering that listening to those two stations means that I've heard stressed out seven times since 8 a.m. yesterday because <laughs> they're a crossover <laughs> I mean I, I, I like this song a lot I liked it from the first time I heard it yep I like it yeah I mean, the lyri- lyrically, I could relate to it because I've been in that situation in the party where you're just like, God, what am I doing here? I don't oh. like any of these people. You know, I mean, like, absolutely. Yeah. You get dragged to a place by somebody who you like and they immediately go off to talk to people you hate and you're just stuck there and you don't yep. want to be a stick in the mud and you don't want to offend anybody. But the situation is not your scene and it sucks. And I would much rather be home watching Netflix or something. Yeah. <laughs> Run to Netflix in jail with myself. Yeah. This <laughs> This is R and B. Like I don't know, she rem- who to even compare to? Maybe like Lauren Hill or Ella Fitzgerald. The sure. girl's got talents. I'm I'm anxious to see where Actually, she goes she, from here. More, more of an Etta James vibe from her. To be honest with you, that's just me. I follow you, Pat. All right, next. Moving on, we got Drake with <laughs> Hot the Greatest Dancing Ever. <laughs> <laughs> This entire video is like a psychological evaluation of Drake. I know when that hotline bling. That can only mean one thing. I know when that hotline bling. That can only mean one thing. Ever since I left the city, you got a reputation for yourself now. Everybody knows and I feel left off. Girl, you got me down, you got me Does he have Down syndrome? 
I actually like some of his stuff, but not this one. Like, I don't know what you've been talking about, Joel, where it feels like this is a song where it's like an intro and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't go anywhere. And then it just ends. I haven't agreed with you on all of the other songs you've applied this to, but this one, I get it. This is like Drake is on hold for Comcast and then the hold music starts playing and he decides to start singing along with it. (laughs) This is this is the trap queen of the list. Although trap queen was a good song. Oh, um, wow! I mean, I can hear the appeal and why people probably enjoy it. The lyrics are kind of pointless in a big bad way, and it's way too long. It is way too long. This, it's like almost six minutes or something like that. Five minutes long. I don't know. This song, very much like "Sorry," is written from the point of view of an asshole. Yes. I mean, because basically all he's saying is like, "I used to use you for a booty call, and suddenly you don't want that anymore, and you know, and you're an asshole because you won't." let me come over and fuck you you know it's like no and she's basically probably wanting more than just be a booty call so she's out there trying to make him jealous playing you because know, yeah i mean and, and it's just he's just like no i just want to fuck and she's just like well i want more than that i'm gonna go out and find somebody that's gonna give me more than that and he's like well you suck then that's what's you, you going know on this here. conversation really well man i mean this is just him and Drake actually were they hang for a year and a half. It was it was an ugly breakup. I mean, I'm not wrong. Was was Drake your usher? <laughs> woot, woot. Yeah, I don't think I would have known this song at all if not for the ridiculous videos and the memes, like putting yes. a ping pong paddle in his hand and, and putting yeah. pizza, pepperoni and the, on pizza. The, the thing about this song is like, I th- for this show, this was the first time I'd heard the whole song. And the only thing I knew about it was you used to call me on my cell phone late night, like you went late night when I need some. You know, and I'm, I was like, okay, well, that's kind of whatever. And I'm, I was assuming there's you know more to the song. And I listened to it. I'm like, no, nope, not more to the song. It just gets worse. Because like, I mean, when he like the way he says "hotline bling," it sounds like an Asian man trying to pronounce something. You know, like, I know when you hotline bling. Like, oh my God, Pat! <laughs> it's so it's, we've offended several. It's just, it sounds so retardedly stupid that I can't take the song seriously, even though it already is a piece of crap. It's a shit song. And yeah. Yeah, I kind of nothing this song. I don't hate it. I I almost uh, hate it, but it's not good enough to hate. It's not even, it's not so bad that I want to hate it. It's just, ugh. Uh, yeah, I'll put this in the box with against all odds. It's okay. like okay, whatever. And Phil Collins will move to the other side of the box. That's okay. <laughs> but play Drake ping pong. Is one of those guys that's always trying so hard to prove how cool he is, and he's oh, and he understands social media, and he's trying to create viral everything. That's all he ever wants to do. He wants to be viral. Well, he keeps up with his uh, girls he's sleeping with. Yeah, I mean, no. he's not irrelevant, and he, you know, he he's not uh, he's not a hack either. That's the worst part about it. It's like watching somebody with talent just phone it in. To the hot phone it in. You know, you know what I can go for? Some more bubblegum. Some right hotline bling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. Sean Mendez. Got a feeling that I'm going under, but I know that I'll make it out of love. If I quit calling you my lover, move on. You watch me beat until I can't breathe. Shake your body onto my knees. And now that I'm without your kids. Oh, we're going to fight. <laughs> that is the worst chorus 
the history of choruses. You could Without not be more kisses, wrong. I'll be I... needing stitches. Well, this, Are this you was, kidding this me? This was pulled again, like like so many of the things from a seventh grader's notebook. Like, I I think this is where we're. I think Josh, you and I are going to be standing on the other side of the line together on this one. Yeah, because I will admit that my love for this song started as a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. It, it is totally bubblegum, and I thought it was kind of had a nice bop. And then I heard "Walk on the Walk Over the Earth" uh, rec- uh, cover it. And I was like, okay, I actually think I legitimately like this song. Let's look into the Sean Mendez kid. And the fact that uh, Sean Mendez is just like this, I'm just so happy to be here kid that started uh, covering other artists on Vine, doing six second covers of pop songs. And he's just like the nicest kid. He's like the anti Bieber. They I both can, got their start I, on social media, but in and they're both from Canada. But instead of turning into a total shithead. This has just been like the nicest kid from junior high makes good is all of a sudden the one of the biggest things in the world and it doesn't change him a bit and that just made me love it like I have to agree with you on that one yeah. Josh because I this is one of those songs that I have never sung out loud but know all the words to because every time it comes on in the car the girls will belt this out like nothing else you know it's they they love the song and you're right this Sean Mendes I think he's got a great career ahead of him Grant, I really hope so he's such yeah. a nice kid yeah he's a nice kid. He's a he is a, uh, a a singer on this list that I can say I'm all right with my kids listening to him and singing along to it. It is really stupid lyrics. I mean, it is Joel. I agree with sure. him on that. But he he gets a better writer. He gets some more experience under his belt. He has he is going to have better stuff coming down the line. Yeah, he's no Ed Sheeran. I'll give that to you. But remember but, the first time we talked about Ed Sheeran, you called him what a lump of lump of play doh. <laughs> no, I called him a giant ginger infant. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> No, I'm you a fan of him. Now. You were not yeah. wrong. <laughs> no, you were not wrong. But and then by the time the next show rolled round, I mean he had done the, that. Uh, I forgot the name of the song that he did. Oh, with that. him and the dancer, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Was the one that turned me on Ed Sheeran. Yeah, and it's a, it's amazingly good stuff. I mean, I think this is going to be like one of those things where, like, remember how corny his lyrics were? You know, he got some experience, got some, uh, you know, got some help with other with his writing, and now he's got cranking out these great songs. I think he's got a great voice. Yeah, this reminds me of Karma Chameleon in some ways. Like the that's writing. Not a, that's not a flattering thing. Well, I loved Karma Chameleon. <laughs> yeah, so. Josh and I were on the same side of the street on that one too all right yeah. guys no let's hear it <laughs> i already said my piece I, I he may be a nice kid but the song is not yeah, it's just, for me uh, at all yeah i, I thought it was very wow uh right. juvenile well he's a kid pad so <laughs> <laughs> i just think joel and pat i mean uh well, yeah, yeah. Ring on abc music. pat easy as one two three yeah that's what and i'm he's... saying like, that being a kid is no excuse kids do great shit sure and he's yeah. not like alicia cara where like sh- he is not an old soul no this this is throwaway bubblegum pop but damn if it isn't a good example of it and yeah maybe i shouldn't have watched the video along with it but the video was really dumb yeah okay i, I, okay, I, I have to there josh i agree with him there with pat on this one because the video is is pretty stupid it does qualify more as bubblegum pop than uh, most of the other things that were thrown in that category earlier. Yeah, I mean, I throw Sean Mendes in with The Weeknd and some of the others where, like, I- I'm not going to, like, say, oh, this is music that moved me, but it's I will sing along with this when this comes in on the, like, I might even do Stitches karaoke someday. And we're going to hold you to that. <laughs> That's in my range. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm curious to see how everyone's going to go on this next one. I want to do it in karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Take the most of the minutes and love with no regret. 
Let's take our time to say what we want. Use what we got before it's all gone. Cause no, we can promise tomorrow. So I'm gonna love you like I'm gonna lose you. I'm gonna hold you. Like I'm, I'm raising my hand. You have, you have a question? <laughs> well, I just wanna, I wanna. Get this in because I, I don't know what everybody else is going to say. But here's an example of of a, a nice change from the rest of what's happening, even though the song is downbeat. And I, I agreed with Pat. I think he said last week that she's got a certain appeal to her, but she's got that kind of classical sort of jazz infused voice, that smoky thing. These are catchy pop songs. Her other songs are very much in that bubblegum pop, but with a, kind of a twist or a bit an- anachronistic. Plus, I think the big thing for this, John Legend is on, is singing with her and, and he's awesome. So and I wrote in my notes, shut your face, because I know somebody's going to disagree with me I... about John Legend. That would be me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I like Megan Trainer, and I think it's another another solid song from her. This is, this is the first John Legend song that I would say that I, I really do actually like. And See, I, I'm not a Megan Trainer fan or a John Legend fan, but I like this song. What's interesting is my note is almost exactly yours, Pat, except... I hate Megan Trainor's stupid face, but I like this song anyway. Like, this is the only one of her songs that doesn't make me irrationally angry. Yeah, like, I do not listen. If if she if I, a normal song of hers comes on the radio, I don't listen to it. This would be like, well, no, I'm not going to go that far. I was going to say this would be like if Lady Gaga put out a duet I loved, but no. It, you hear that, Gaga? Get on that. Like Don, Don Henley and Lady Gaga put out a song. <laughs> That's like, oh my gosh, it's acres, oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, I I do I I like this song. Yeah, I, I don't think... love it. It's not, but I, I mean, I I enjoy it, and I'll listen to it, and I don't change a channel. For some mm. reason, I thought Josh would like John Legend. I do like John Legend. I uh, I don't like Megan Trainor, but I like this song anyway. That I like John Legend. I'm not a big fan of Megan Trainor, but if I try and change a station with one of her songs comes on, <laughs> I get smacked upside the head. Uh, so I know all her songs because of family. Um, but when I heard that John Legend and Megan Trainor were doing a song together, I was like, it was a 50-50 shot. It was either going to be a surprisingly good or a train wreck. And I was surprised at how well they managed to get their, you know, how well their, their voices work together. She's got skills, man. Yeah. And I think the difference is, is I don't think she's not a talented person. I just find her incredibly snotty, I think is the word. And she doesn't have any of that. I don't mind a little bit of attitude, but I don't know. There's just something about her other stuff where it's just like the same reason I don't like Kelly Osborne. Just something snotty about her. So you're and not all about got a very face. punchable face. Yeah, I and I don't get any of that when she's doing this song. She doesn't have any of that stank on it. It's kind of like watching the. It's kind of like watching the videos of Miley Cyrus when she's singing, you know, those country songs in the backyard. You're like, like, where is this person all the time? Why do you present the shit person? Well, you you lost me because I'm I'm actually a Miley fan, but I know we've discussed that. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, most people who put her in, you know, the one category, you know, when they watch that video that I'm talking about, yeah, they're like they're yeah. like, holy crap, where's this talented girl all the time? Yeah, but no, I mean, I was. I like this song. This is a good one. This is this is a uh, nice, mellow, low-key, almost kind of bluesy song. Yeah. Good stuff. It's hopeful. Yeah. And take us home, peeps. Oh, <laughs> Here we go. Whoop. Dancing on the ceiling. Oh, 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 what do you mean? 
indecisive what I'm saying Trying to catch the beat, make up your heart This video is about his hair <laughs> this again much. is just more proof that Justin Bieber's a shit boyfriend. He doesn't know how to read women at all. He, what a weird video! Like, what do you mean? It means she's not into you, or it mean, I mean, there's I'm, I can't remember all the stuff. But I'm watching this video, like as he's singing this stuff. I'm just like, well, that means this, and this means that, and like you just need to grow up and learn how to read women. Yeah, I haven't seen the video for this, and this was one that this is probably my favorite of the three. Which it's not a ringing endorsement. Like yeah. none of these are great, but I was like kind of bopping along with it to the car in the car and i didn't know who sang it and i was like oh that's justin bieber okay that's justin bieber john leguizamo's in the video yeah which was confusing to me yeah i mean it's it's like just that whole video i'm I'm like this this guy is a shit boyfriend because who does that to people like you know it's like it's like well it's like sam pepper and salt it's it's another one of the songs that it doesn't ever really get started there's no real substance to it and it, this is the song from the very first time i started the list i'm like oh great we're gonna have a whole song full of fitting room fitting room songs the album <laughs> because this one was very much you know you're at the i don't know jc penny or the gap or whatever and you're putting on pants and what do you mean you're like okay pretty much all it's, these songs would are would be acceptable to be on like one of those workplace radio stations songs for the fitting room well, yeah, I would probably slice I would out, disagree with stressed that. out, and uh, hear from that from that list. I the first time I heard stressed out was in a department store. Huh. I stand corrected. Yeah. I'm not standing at all. I'm sitting. And same old love, would, you know, would just have to censor the word shit. Yeah, I'd actually until uh, preparing for the show, I'd heard the song a bunch of times, but I'd never heard it unedited, and I actually like it unedited. You know, a song that, that's going way back in time here, a song that's similar to that for me, like, I, I like the censored version more than the uncensored, is uh, uh, that the song by Battle Flag, Low Fidelity All-Stars. Or, oh, or okay. Battle Flag by Low Fidelity All-Stars. I, think I like the censored version a lot more for some reason. Usually that's not the case. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know what brought that on. Feel free to cut that if you like. No, that's all right. <laughs> Fix so, it in post. <clears throat> That's another post. I'll write that down. Here. All right. So favorites from then, favorites from now, and favorites overall. Yeah. So uh, let's go around. Start with Pat. Nineteen eighty-four. Oh, no, no, go with somebody. Yeah, no, else we're gonna start with you. Oh god. Put you on the All spot. Right. You have this album. You get to choose one song to listen to. Which one is it? Oh, wait. That's say, easy. What? This is this isn't this is a uh, 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 ten mix, song mixtape. album. Pat. This is the mixtape. Oh, I see. Ten song oh. album from nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Don't does one? Definitely when, when doves cry. When doves cry? Yeah. Just okay. get one. <laughs> All right. I'm with Pat. When doves cry. Uh, if it's my turn, yeah. it's when doves cry. Easy. And we have a fourfer. I'm going with it for when doves cry. <laughs> It was the biggest song of the year, and we can all see why. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Prince. Because I awesome. think if that one if that one wasn't on there, I think we would have a little bit more mix up on the on the on the conversation. But Do I you think want to change it so it's not on there. No, that's okay. Okay, because it was. We'll get in a fight if we do. You'll be needing stitches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. 2016. Woot woot. You get one song off this list. Here. Not just one? Ew, it's going to be a little tougher. Mm. I go with here. I'm going to go along with Pat. I'm going with here. Man. Uh, I- I'm going to I'm gonna go with Stressed Out, I think. Yeah. Tough call, I- 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 I'm-, I'm with Joel. This is really difficult, but I only learned of the existence of here today where Stressed Out has been a thing for me for months, so... I mean, maybe my answer would be different in three months, hmm. but for now it's stressed out. Yeah, here is a very, very, very close second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we got now, overall, <laughs> are we going to go for the, are we falling back on uh, when 
falling back on Prince this time? Don't do that. He's only like four feet tall. You'll kill him. <laughs> He's already got two canes. Yeah, I'm going with Prince. Purple cane. Purple cane. <laughs> yes, I'm going with Prince. I'm going to go with here, actually. Whoa. Really? Yeah. I really like this song. Huh. I didn't see that coming. I didn't either. That's what she said. <laughs> Man, if it, if the number one from 1984 were any other song, I'd be saying stressed out all the way. But it it's one of them with Windows Cry, man. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I just now I, I know what it feels like when doves cry. See, I'm with you on on, on Josh. I'm with Josh's side this time because again, if it was any other song, because when doves cry is such a good song, it really is. Did you yeah. just do the Robert Smith version, Pat? Was that what that was? It wouldn't doves cry. Oh no, that, that was my Millhouse from Sim- from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, I mean, I do think that when doves cry is number one with a bullet, but like my two, three, and maybe four are all from the now. But uh, when doves cry is just so good, it makes me sad. I wish I could turn back time. Oh, we're don't don't don't. Do you wish you no. could find a way? Ah. Don't do this. Don't go down this road. This is a dark, Did you dark. Take back path. those words that hurt me. Okay, we're calling it. Yeah. So Prince wins. <laughs> no right. love for Michael. Aw. Not you, Michael McDonald. No, oh, I was going to fight <laughs> So, So right. what do we have up for next week? So we're ta- doing something a little bit more unusual. We're, we're doing a, another remake, but one that's a little off the beaten path. Because uh, we wanted to talk... About, uh, I'm blanking, Alan Rickman, who just passed away. Yeah, and we also had a, I was hankering to watch a heist movie. So we realized that Alan Rickman was in a heist film called Gambit, and it was a remake from 1966. So we're going to look at both of them. Has Have any of us seen either of them? Nope. I haven't. So this is maybe a first in the history of the show where all four of us are going into both the remake and the new film completely blind. Yeah. And the the original uh, with uh, Michael Caine. Sexy Michael Caine. Sexy Michael Caine. <laughs> and, uh, is 2000- there any other kind? Oh, well, I gotta say, even as Alfred, damn. Uh, 2012 with uh, Colin Firth. So Sexy Colin Firth. And Colin Sexy- Seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shut up, Mike Tyson. <laughs> It's Colin Firth. Hey, Colin Second. <laughs> All right. Well, if you'd uh, like to hear such gems of comedy as that, you can reach back into our archives through iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry Talkshoe, other fine podcasting directories. I have such hope for them sometimes. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's an ass clown. <laughs> all right. And reach back. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can still give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Thank you for listening. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. On Counting Stan. Oh, that's right. He was in Prometheus. Um, and he was in Iron Man 3. I forgot about that. Count Von Count was in Iron Man 3? Yes. <laughs> one. One suit of armor. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs>